Welcome back to the Two Top Podcast. I'm here with myself, Thomas, and my always co-host, Matt Berg. How's it going? And as always, Matt doesn't know what I have for discussion, and I don't know what Matt has for discussion, but it's always good talk. Always good talk. And Matt, I'm just going to dive right in to the idea of false memories. False memories? False memories, but it's more commonly known as the Mandela Effect. Okay, I am not familiar with this. So, false memory syndrome describes a condition in which a person's identity or relationship is affected by memories that are factually incorrect, but they strongly believe. So, the idea of strongly believing in something that's not true and people influencing this, that you change your own memories to line up with these other people's memories. It's pretty much like memories can change due to outside forces. Now, it's called the Mandela Effect. Because in 2010, it was coined by uh, Fiona Brom, who believed that Mandela died in prison, when in fact he died in 2013. At first, she thought she was alone in this idea, but soon after, she started hearing other people vaguely remembering Mandela died in prison. In reality, he didn't. But that was kind of the start of the Mandela effect. And ever since like the term was coined, people point out all the time. So what I wanted to do today was go through some examples of this and see if you fall into this victimless hole of the Mandela effect. Oh, this will be cool. So we'll start you off. So you know the song, We Are the Champions. Yeah, the Queen. Queen. How does that song end? Like the last line, the last verse. Of the world. Is that the last line? It never says that. It never says that? Everybody thinks it ends, we are the champions of the world. Yeah, that's how I think. It's not there. No? It's not. You'll, we'll listen. Is it just We Are the Champions? It's just We Are the Champions. No okay. way. Uh, another one. You know the famous Star Wars line, Luke, I am your father. Okay. Um, he never says Luke. He, the line is actually, no, I am your father. He told me you killed him. No. I am your father. No. Oh, okay. But That's a good example. It's so into like so culture and like internet and memes and stuff. It's like, Luke, I am your father. It's on shirts. It's on posters. Mm-hmm, yeah. But the line, Luke, I am your father, was never said in Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back. It's all a lie. It's all a lie. So That's crazy. Let's just keep going and destroying all the things you thought you knew. So, do you know Looney Tunes? Okay. Uh, do you know the Looney Tunes? The Tunes part is not spelled T-O-O-N-S. It's spelled Tunes, like T-U-N-E-S. Oh, I was just going to say, is it T-O-O-N-E-S? The no, untraditional tune. It's tune, like a musical tune is what it's actually spelled. But since it's like, I feel like since, since it's on like Cartoon Network and it's all tunes... I would think it's T-O-O-N-S, but yeah. no, it's tunes, like T-U-N-E-S. Uh, another weird one, uh, the mo- the show movie uh, Sex in the City. It's actually Sex and the City. Not Sex in the City? No, there's no in. Another one, you know Fruit Loops. Mm-hmm. How, do you spell, how do you spell fruit in Fruit Loops? I think it's F-R-U-I-T. No, it's F-R-O-O-T. Yes. You're blowing my mind right now on the spot. Yeah. 
Here's I'm a, trying to picture the the box now. I, if you look on the box, the two there's two uh, of those Fruit Loops that make the two O's. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, another one. How do you spell Chick Fil A? How do you spell that? Oh, is it C H I K F I L A? See, that's one half. Another another group of people think it's C H I C fillet. It's actually the full word chick. There's no C H I C K. Yes, there's no weird like dropping of a C or dropping of a K. It's fully spelled out, but people think that they're missing a letter. No, I've seen in their marketing they have like a K, eat more chicken with no C, like those things, but I guess the true the true like brand on their brand lo- signs outside their restaurants it says Chick-fil-A. Oh, okay. Uh another small one small detail that you might not notice is in kit cat there's no dash in between the kit and the cat okay which some people thought there was a dash in between the kit and the cat another one that is kind of more of a nitpicky thing that you probably don't notice um c-3po in all the star wars films uh has a silver leg he's not all gold one leg is silver i remember seeing one arm was silver no, apparently but his leg. Apparently, in episodes four, five, and six, his I believe its left leg is silver. Really, really, it's. I remember he lost his arm in The Empire Strikes Back. I think it was. Yes, he does, and he got it replaced. But his leg has always been a different color. Really? Yes, that blows my mind. Another one that kind of I was surprised by was you know from Snow White the evil evil queen looks in the mirror and then what does she say? Oh, I don't. I can't. I can't recall that one. Like mirror, mirror on, on the, the wall. wall. Yeah, it's okay. actually magic mirror on the wall. Magic mirror on the wall. Who is the fairest one of all? Oh, that doesn't have as much of a ring. No, it doesn't. But that's in the film. In the book of like the Grimm Brothers tales, it's mirror, mirror. But in the movie Snow White, it's magic mirror on the wall. So oh. the more you know. Just a couple more. Uh, double stuffed Oreos. You like double stuffed Oreos? I do, of course. I also enjoy double stuffed Oreos. There's only one F in stuff. Really? On yeah, I actually we had a box downstairs. I went and looked, and there's no two Fs. But in my mind, I just assumed there's always two Fs. But there's not. It's just stuff, stuff, stuff. With one F, one F. I just want to go to the store now. I want to Google a picture. Yeah, and then uh, the last one is. You know Smokey the Bear? Like, mm-hmm. only you can prevent forest fires? Yeah. Uh, There's no the. It's just Smokey Bear is the name of that character. Smokey the Bear? No. Smokey no, Bear. Smokey Bear. No, but people call him Smokey the Bear. Yes, but there's no the in the title of this character. It's Smokey Bear. Everything you have ever learned is a lie. Now, let's get into some... A little weird... So, a little weird aspect of this... So I was looking up some examples, and I was also trying to look up an explanation. Now, from a science perspective, there wasn't really too much. It's kind of like how we talked about in our One Deja Vu episode, how a lot of people will maybe think one thing, and then they'll all forget it at once. Mm -hmm. But there's some people who believe that all these people are tapping into an alternate dimension. Whoa. Uh, Some... I think it's a little far-fetched but let me explain what their reasoning is so they believe in an alternate dimension all these things have happened like in an alternate dimension nelson mandela died in prison or that 
uh, Darth Vader did say, Luke, I am your father. Because if so many people believe it, maybe there's it, it actually happened on a different scale, I guess. Yeah, so that's some, the, peop- some people think that people's minds are drawing from a parallel dimension, and then from that they're getting these different realities that they so vividly remember. Because you, like, well, I'm thinking of Luke, I am your father. I so vividly remember that's how it ends. It's like, that's what he says. But that's not true. It's a memory that we've all fabricated ourselves. So people are thinking maybe it is real in a different dimension. But uh, I don't know. It's a little far fetched. It's a little far fetched. But I get where they're getting the thought process from. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, life is what you make it, I guess, or what you. Everything's perception. Exactly. So if you perceive there's a different dimension, I mean, so be it. And there's also the idea of once the. Once this idea starts going in the wrong direction, it kind of is a snowball effect. Mm. Like, um, I remember some weird looking at stuff and, uh, for, I was looking at things to study for this and there's some Simpsons episodes that they do like Luke, I am your father and different pop culture things. Mm -hmm. And this, if people on the Simpsons watch that, they'll like, remember, Oh, when I watched the original thing that they're parodying, that's how it went. So that's the whole thing with the Mandela effect. It's kind of like the snowball of people influencing one another and then eventually creating a false reality, which kind of is funny because if you know the correct answer, people will ridicule, ridicule you and say, you're wrong. It's like, no, what? Like some people may hear the list of things I said and say, no, you're wrong because so many people agree with them. But in reality, so many people have agreed with the wrong answer that to them, it's become the right answer. It's almost better to, even though you know you're right, it's better to just say you're wrong to not get taken apart by this horde of people. Basically, wrong is the new right. Exactly. Wrong in a group makes a right. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Group norm, you know, um, not mob mentality, but group persuasion. Group persuasion and then group realities. Group realities, yeah. That's a good term to coin. Yeah. Group, I was, a group reality. It's a group reality. It could be completely false, but within your immediate group, if you believe something, that's that's what it is. Yeah. That's crazy. That is the Mandela effect. False memories, you said? False memory syndrome is the more scientific and term. I guarantee we all suffer from it, right? Because okay. I, you just caught me. Yeah, absolutely. Things. I'm sure, yeah. That's why I got this week. Hello. I thought that was a super cool topic, especially because it was interactive. Yeah. You and know, I obviously was caught off guard with some of those. I mean, if you guys know any more, be more than welcome to tweet at us or let us know about something that we may have thought differently, but is actually something else. Like the double stuffed Oreos. That's the one yeah. I found out today. Well, Matt, what do you have for me this week? Well, something not as cool as that, because I thought that was super cool. I can't top that. Mine, mine has like a... a a sci-fi topic, but it's very real. So have you ever seen a, a sci-fi film? Or this is big in like crime thriller TV shows where they enter a secured room. And to enter the room, they need to pass some security features, whether that's like a key card or like a punch. Or can you name like any other entrance methods? Uh, eye recognition. Exactly. That stuff. We'll stop there. Eye recognition. That's what I'm going to talk about today. Retinal scanning biometrics. Ooh. Ooh. Biometrics. Okay. So a retinal scan is a biometric technique that uses the unique patterns on a person's retina blood vessels. 
It is not to be confused with another ocular-based technology, iris recognition. So there's actually two types. There's um, retinal scan and iris recognition. Um, I'm going to talk about retinal scanning. All right. And iris scanner is a completely different technology. But it's, it's, basically, it's basically the same thing. Similar, but it's a different part of the eye. It's like scanning something completely different. Uh, if you say so. <laughs> so biometrics um, refers to metrics related to human characteristics. Biometric identifiers are the distinctive measurable characteristics used to label and describe individuals, a.k.a. like fingerprints. fingerprints um, what else? I mean, just cell makeup, even though cell makeup isn't the best because... If you have a twin, a lot of the cells are like, or in genes, they're very similar. Is it like DNA? DNA is a DNA is, is copied, but obviously not everyone has, I guess you couldn't, I'm, I'm no biology specialist here, but I'm pretty sure everyone has a little bit of different DNA that makes them unique, right? Yeah. You're not exactly like your parents. No, everybody's a little different. So these are all biometric identifiers that make you different. So we're going to talk about the retinal scanning biometrics. So a little bit of history. It was developed in the 1980s primarily. Um, retinal scanning is one of the most well-known biometric technologies, but it's also one of the least deployed. I mean, do you see it anywhere you go? Uh, retinal scans? No, only in movies. Only in movies, yeah, and, and mostly like sci-fi even. So yeah. it makes you feel like it's not believable, but it's an actual real thing. So the idea for retinal identification was first conceived by Dr. Carlton Simon and Dr. Isidore Goldstein and was published in the New York State Journal of Medicine in 1935. Oh, so it's old stuff. It's real old stuff. The idea was ahead of its time, but once the technology caught up, the concept for retinal scanning device emerges in 1975. So now we're getting closer to the 80s, and in 1976, Robert Buzz Hill formed a corporation named Identify Incorporated. What year was this? Like identify E Y E. Um, this was uh, 1976. Oh, so yeah, jump ahead a couple yeah. decades, and here we are. Uh, he made a full-time effort to research and develop such a device in 1978. Specific means for retinal scanner was patented, followed by a commercial model in 1981. And these models can be seen in government facilities, a lot of corporate environments. Yeah, I mean they're they're the main. I don't see anyone having it in their house. Maybe if you're like a crazy. I, it's not Tech like guy. getting into a corporate building on the ground floor. It's more high, high security, I assume. Yes, it's very high security. Like, you don't want to have to look into a scanner every time you want to enter a room. Right. So, how does this technology work? So, retinal scans map the unique patterns of a person's retina. So, there's, like, blood vessels going in there. It, uh, the blood vessels actually absorb light more readily than the surrounding tissue and are easily identified with appropriate lighting. So, it'll, like, flash. It's like a picture. A flash image quickly. A retinal scan is performed by casting an unperceived beam of low energy infrared light into a person's eyes as they look through the scanner's eyepiece. This beam of light traces a standardized path to the retina. The human retina is, is, is a thin tissue composed of neural cells that is located in the posterior portion of the eye. Because of the complex structure of the capillaries that supply the retina with blood, each person's retina is unique. A.K.A. it's like a, like a fingerprint for your eye. No one has the same. Even twins have different retina makeups. Really? Yeah, even though they might be identical, they're going to be different. It's just the way the blood vessels form. I guess it's environmental factors at that point. So once the scanner device captures a retinal image, specialized software scans algorithms required, or it compiles the unique features of the network of retinal blood vessels into a template. The retinal scan algorithms require a high-quality image and will let a user enroll or verify until the system is able to capture an image 
sufficient quality. So if a scanner can't capture a perfect image, it's not going to work well. That's why that's one of the biggest setbacks. It needs to be like a perfect scan. And that might not be too quick. So I haven't seen one of these scanners in use. I would love to and see if it's like, I want to see it to believe it, you know? Yeah. Right now, I just picture it in, uh, let me think, Austin Powers had it. Or like the evil corporations, like yeah. the big boss and to get into the main office. Like with a safe or something. You or enter a card and then scan. Or like downstairs, DEFCON 5 in the Pentagon. Yeah. Like the president's getting through with a retinal scan. Exactly. Like that type of stuff. Exactly. Like only president to access the nuclear codes, he needs to do that. It's It seems like outrageous form of security because you have to like lean in, you know? Well, it seems also a little over the top too. It's not like something that's a key card or like a retinal scan. It seems a lot more heavy duty. Like you don't want someone faking it. Yeah. I mean, even with fingerprint scanners, you can fake it. You've seen like even movies show where you can throw some powder on a, on a computer mouse and throw tape over it. That actually works. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, you can, you can try to test it on um, your cell phone. If you have an iPhone with the scanner or even Androids have the scanner also. You can try that. Throw some, uh, I don't know what the best dust to use is, but if you get like scotch tape, some dust or something, and get over a perfect fingerprint, I think it works. Oh, maybe I'll I've try done it, it in the past. The National Center for State Courts estimate that the retinal scanning has an error rate of 1 in 10 million. So it's pretty accurate when it's working fun- functional. Yeah, I mean, if it has a rate of that high, I don't see why not use it. For high, high priority security or, you know, privacy. So the technology, however, has notable disadvantages, including difficult image acquisition and limited user applicants. So, I mean, like we said, we don't see it too much. The biometric system is lengthy due to requirement of multiple image capture. It can cause discomfort. However, once a user is acclimated to the process, it might be easier eventually. It has robust matching capabilities and is typically configured to do one-to-many identification against a database of users. So you could have like multiple people programmed into it and it would quickly grab them. Yeah, I would assume it would work good enough for that. Otherwise, it's pointless. It's a one-key door. And by key, it's not a card or something you can give to someone. It's your eye. So only you could go through it if it only let one person in. But if it has a lot of people, then it's as suitable as a key card that you don't forget at home unless mm-hmm. you for some reason forget your eye but that's a yeah it's, that's that i don't think that'll like, happen yeah that much. sounds like a you problem <laughs> you forget your glass eye yeah <laughs> i don't think i wonder if a glass eye would work because the retina is in the back the posterior part of the eye so you can't recreate that i think a glass eye is not going to work because it's a glass eye it's just glass yeah there's no lens or anything i mean they look pretty real i think i don't know anyone with a glass eye though yeah neither do i i've never seen one in person <laughs> So get this, the retina's intricate network of blood vessels is a physiological characteristic that remains stable throughout the life of a person. As with fingerprints and iris patterns, genetic factors do not determine the exact pattern of blood vessels in the retina. This allows retinal scan technology to differentiate between identical twins and provide robust identification. So it's kind of the best form of biometric scanning. Beats fingerprints. Fingerprints, I'm not saying they'll change over time. But the iris is much more stable. I mean, nothing's going to touch it in the back of your eye. The blood vessels are going to stay the way they are. It's just a really cool biometric form of identifying someone. I think that's really cool, too. I didn't realize that the eye never changed. I thought the eye was like, as you go older, like your body grows up and maybe your eyes, they get bigger. 
with well, your body? I think the fact is that your eyes are full size when you're born. Really? I th- yeah. I'm. I want to look that up. Just to make sure, I'm pretty sure a baby has full sized eyes when they are born. Quick timeout. <laughs> yeah, look that up. I swear. Let's see. The answer is no. <laughs> no. No, you are not born. All right. So we just looked it up. We uh, spoofed a fact. According to the American Academy of Orthomedology. Orthomedology. Is that eye study? Uh, orthomology. My bad. Uh,. The question is, is it true that you are born with your eyeballs fully grown? And the answer is no, it is not true that the eyes are fully grown at birth. The eyes undergo considerable growth, especially during the first two years of life, with a second growth spurt coming around puberty. The length of a, the length of an eye of a newborn is about 16 millimeters, while a full-grown adult is 24 millimeters. Okay. So, that's not much. It's a centimeter bigger. A lot of people think that think that babies are born with full eyes. I, it makes sense because you're you don't think like your eyes grow, mm-hmm. but because your fingerprints don't change either. But that's also such a small change. And by the time that people go into eye recognition, they'd probably be of an age that the eye would be fully grown. I don't think. Yeah, you wouldn't be doing it as a toddler. Yeah, babies aren't getting in. eye recognition to get into the headquarters. Yeah, I mean it's more adults anyway. So it's a foolproof system using an eye. Mm-hmm. Because it just makes sense. Do you think you could picture yourself having a retinal scanner in your room to get into your room or something? I'd put it on a safe. You'd put it on a safe that you don't access often? Yeah, or a safe that had very private documents in it. Mm -hmm. You know what would be a good application, though, is what I'm thinking, is a retinal scan to get into your computer instead of logging in with a password or a fingerprint. Well, I was going to say, there is facial recognition, like we talked about. There's, the camera tracks your face and features, but that's not the same technology as this retinal scanning bi- biometrics, which actually scans the blood vessels. In the, it, it, the phone or a computer cannot send that infrared signal into your eyes. It'd be a lot cooler if it did, though. I know, and it would be <laughs> a lot more secure. Instead of holding a picture of someone's face in front of the phone and, and cracking it open, which yeah. people do, although the new Galaxy phone claims that won't happen, but I don't know. I haven't looked into that. Well, that's interesting. Uh, maybe we'll see that in the future of logging into the devices, maybe even a phone, mm-hmm. like a sensor on the phone. Depending on as technology gets smaller, maybe it'll be small enough to fit into the front face camera of a phone. Mm-hmm. That's more of the practical application for people nowadays and that's where i think this tech should move towards because right now i assume it's not in any public domain really it's all private government private government private yeah yeah. barely used for those things so if those companies want to expand i suggest they go that direction yeah completely agree so that's the state of our retinal scanning biometrics and i'm i'm curious to see if we will see it in our everyday devices, because that would be very cool and very secure. And with the question of security with all our devices and information, it's kind of a relevant topic. That's good stuff. Yeah. Well, let's wrap it up. I think we had some two very good topics this week. Oh, yeah. The false memories, but also we got some retinal scanning in. Maybe that's the future of logging into things. But hey, maybe we'll all remember something else from the past like a false memory oh yeah of maybe we've been using this for years and we all remembered it but we maybe can't. it's a different dimension yeah maybe it's a parallel as dimension some, as some people <laughs> think but all right guys 
Thank you for listening this week. Thanks again. See you next time. Oop, that wasn't pause. Oop, stop. Stop. This was Two Top, an independently created and run podcast created by Thomas Lance and Matt Berg and produced by Thomas Lance. Two Top is currently a non-funded project recorded weekly. For general inquiries or feedback, contact us at twotoppodcast at gmail.com. Thanks and join us next week for another Two Topics. Hey everyone, I just want to let you guys know that we are now on Stitcher. Stitcher is radio on demand, and you can download the free app today from any app store. They have thousands of shows for you to discover, and you can throw them in your own custom playlists. You can find them on iOS and Android and the Google Play Store. They're on demand and on the go. No downloading, no syncing, no wasted memory. And you can stream all your favorite podcasts, including Two Top. So if you don't have Stitcher, I suggest you download it from the App Store. And while you're there, it would help our show if you left a rating and a review. That's Stitcher, radio on demand.